welcome in the name of Christ. God's grace, mercy and peace be with you and also with you. Today's service is brought to you from the benefice of Rattlesden, Hitcham, Brettonham and Thorpe Maroon in the Diocese of St Edmundsbury and Ipswich. My name is Tiffa and I'm the rector of these four rural parishes. Like many others, we turned to Zoom for our lockdown worship, which meant those without internet access could still use their phones to engage. Since July, uh, we have been doing a hybrid service with some in church and some at home. Today's service will have a similar feel, as we've always had those doing readings and prayers at home so that uh, no one feel like a spectator and all can feel included. Today we have a reading from Lisa, from John, a reflection from our children's worker Amy, prayers led by children of the benefice, and singing from a remote member of our congregation in Toulouse named Zena, who is a professional opera singer. You may like to have a candle handy uh, as later in the service we will be using it for the blessing of light. Around 40 days ago, we celebrated the birth of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now we recall the day on which he was presented in the temple, when he was offered to the Father and shown to his people. As a sign of his coming among us, his mother was purified as we now come to him for cleansing. In their last days, Simeon and Anna recognised him as their Lord, as we today sing of his glory. In this service, we celebrate both the joy of his coming and his searching judgment, as we look back to the day of his birth and forward to the coming days of his passion. Purify my heart, let me be as gold and precious
words of our Saviour Jesus Christ. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me shall never walk in darkness, but shall have the light of life. Let us therefore bring our sins into his light and confess them in penitence and faith. Lord Jesus, illuminate the darkness in our hearts. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord Jesus, open our eyes to your saving love. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord Jesus, unstop our ears to hear your living word. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. May Almighty God have mercy on you, forgive you your sins, and bring you to everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. When I was a baby, my parents brought me to church. Having moved into central London when I was about a year old, my mum set out to find a place of worship for our family. When she walked into the parish church, I was the only child there. She put me in slippers so that I could pad up and down the aisle during the service, and surprisingly, nobody complained. We kept going, and after a little while, another mother with another baby joined. Between the two of them, they arranged a creche, taking it in turns to hear the sermon. They each had another baby. By that time, more families had joined the church, each one seeing, as they stepped in, that there was something for children there. By the time I finally left that church to go to university, I was on the teaching rota for one of the three age-based Sunday school groups that met every week. I am grateful not just for my mother's determination, but for the congregation that didn't turn to scowl at a tiny, slipper-footed invader of their child-free church. I don't know why the church had no children when we arrived, but I do know that my parents brought me to church as a baby. And because of that, not only do I still belong in church, but so perhaps do many other people who were children at that church both then and since. Bringing a child into God's house may look like a small thing, but it's an action that resounds in heaven significant both for the child and for the people waiting to receive them. And in today's reading, we see a picture of Mary and Joseph bringing their child, Jesus, into God's house for the first time. Like any parents, they are hoping for welcome, blessing, comfort, and, as the passage says, to do for him according to the custom of the law. Perhaps they are not expecting their presence there to be particularly remarkable. They have come for the ceremony, just as everybody does. But there to receive them are Simeon and Anna, whose effusive joy when they recognise the Son of God in this tiny baby matches that of the shepherds and wise men. But instead of travelling to see the Messiah, Jesus has been brought to them in God's house. They had to wait a long time, but they didn't have to go anywhere. Long before the shepherds saw the angels, 
Simeon had been promised a glimpse of the redemption of Israel. God's promise was fulfilled when a child was brought to the temple. I think there's a little echo of Candlemas whenever a child is brought to church, especially for the first time. It's always a holy moment, and a fragile one too. As the children's worker here, I believe that the best way to welcome children is not necessarily to have something flashy and fun in place, but to be there, to be waiting for them, to have a space that is theirs, ready to be filled. I know my own children's lives have been enriched by their church relationships, and that some of their favourite people are not the other children they meet at church, but the adults who have time for a chat, who take an interest in their latest fascinations, who save their favourite biscuits. That's why this pandemic has hit us so hard, because a physical space in which the youngest and oldest members of a congregation can sit together is, and always has been, very precious. When I see a picture of Simeon or Anna with Jesus, I think of what they are receiving from one another, the prophets receiving the fulfilment of their hopes and prayers, and Jesus receiving a joyful welcome. In a world in which he would face rejection, there were open arms waiting for him in God's house. May we as parents have the faith of Mary and Joseph to bring our children into God's house. And may we in the church welcome them with Simeon and Anna's joy. This is a reading from the book of Malachi. See, I am sending my messenger to prepare the way before me and the Lord whom you seek will suddenly come to his temple. The messenger of the covenant in whom you delight. Indeed, he is coming, says the Lord of hosts. But who can endure the day of his coming? And who can stand when he appears? For he is like a refiner's fire, and like a fuller's is soap. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver. And he will purify the descendants of Levi and refine them like gold and silver until they present offerings to the Lord in righteousness. Then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasing to the Lord as in the days of old, as in former years. Then I draw near to you for judgment. I will be swift to bear witness against the sorcerers, against the adulterers, against those who swear falsely, against those who oppress the hired workers in their wages, the widow and the orphan, against those who thrust aside the alien. And do not fear me, says the Lord of hosts. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. St Luke's naming and presentation of Jesus. And when the days of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought into Jerusalem 
to present him to the Lord. As it is written in the law of the Lord, every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. And to offer a sacrifice according to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon, and the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel. And the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord Christ. And he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child, Jesus, to do for him after the custom of the law. Then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen the glory of salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people. A light to lighten the Gentiles and the glory of the people, Israel. And Joseph and his mother marveled at these things which were spoken of him. And Simeon blessed them and said unto Mary his mother, Behold, this child is set for the fall and rising again of many in Israel and for a sign which shall be spoken against. Yea, a sword shall pierce through thine own soul also, that the thought of many hearts be revealed. And there was one Anna, a prophetess, the daughter of Phenial, of the tribe of Asa. She was of great age, and had lived with an husband seven years from her virginity. And she was a widow of about fourscore and four years, which departed not from the temple, but served God with fastings and prayers night and day. And she coming in that instant gave thanks likewise unto the Lord and spake of him to all men that looked for redemption in Jerusalem. And when they had performed all things according to the law of the land, they returned to Galilee, to their own city, Nazareth. And the child grew and waxed strong in spirit, filled with wisdom, and the grace of God was upon him. Thanks be to God.
20 years ago, in the year 2000, there was an exhibition at the National Gallery called Seeing Salvation. I suspect I went on a school trip as it really wasn't my scene. I will have seen Dali's crucifixion, Holman Hunt's Light of the World, but I can't remember them. The name of the exhibition was what stuck in my mind. Seeing salvation. The words we've just heard from the Gospel of Luke, of Simeon finally seeing his promised Messiah, are some of the most famous in the New Testament, used as they are at evensong and funerals. Mine eyes have seen thy salvation. The words of a man who had longed for this day for many years, to know that God was now, at the right time, bringing about his kingdom and the consolation of Israel. What form that would take had perhaps not been clear to him. But this day, with this child, he knew. I wonder if you can remember when you realised who this child is. Perhaps you are still searching and waiting. Perhaps you feel like you have always known. Of course, unlike Simeon and Anna, and those who knew Jesus for that small window in history, we are not able to see salvation in the same sense. After his resurrection, in the upper room, having allayed Thomas's doubts, Jesus said, You believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet believe. With these words, Jesus was talking to all of us, we who believe without having seen the Messiah in the flesh. But how do we see or sense salvation in our world? Is our faith really just a clinging to thin air? It was a couple of years before I went to the National Gallery that I had a vision of Christ, not with my eyes, but whilst asleep. Brought up in a non-church-going family, and at that stage, convinced that faith was a delusion for other people, I dreamt that I was mocking people of faith. They welcomed me to join in their strange ritual, and I was handed a piece of broken glass in which I saw the face of Jesus. This started me on a journey of discovery that resulted in accepting salvation three years later after much Bible study and personal wrestling, because try as I might, I couldn't forget what I'd seen. Where do you see salvation? Perhaps you see it in paintings, or feel it in sculpture. Perhaps you hear it in music, or experience it in nature, or see God working through the people around you. When we worship together, we can hear salvation in the words of Scripture, see salvation upon the altar, feel salvation in our hands, taste it in our mouths. One of the hardest things for many people over the last year has been long periods of not receiving the sacrament, and some are still waiting. Perhaps we hear of Simeon's taking the infant in his arms with that same longing as we long to receive 
or sing together or just stand close to one another. A light to lighten the Gentiles and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Around 40 days ago, in most Christmas services, John 1 would have been read out. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness will not overcome it. And as we come to the end of this season, here is that light, the light of the world, so fragile and yet with the power to destroy death. Did Simeon know how this child would bring salvation to the world? Did he know about the suffering, the cruel death that awaited him when he said to Mary, and a sword shall pierce your own soul too? But this story isn't just about Simeon. Anna has fewer column inches, but is no less important. She hasn't left the temple, we're told, for many years and was a great age. After Simeon has given Mary and Joseph the prophecy concerning their son, she appears and praises God and begins telling everyone she can find about this child. Where Simeon has received assurance from God that this is the Messiah, it is Anna who takes the role of the first evangelist, preaching to all the people of God that the Messiah has come to redeem the world. Having seen salvation with her own eyes, she hands this salvation on to others. And that is our role too, to hand on what we have seen to a longing world. Let us declare our faith in God. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again, he ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come to judge both the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen.
Let us pray to the Father through Christ, who is our light and life. Father, your Christ is acclaimed as the glory of Israel. Look in mercy on your church, sharing his light. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Father, your Christ in his temple brings judgment on the world. Look in mercy on the nations who long for his justice. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Father, your Christ, who was rich for our sakes, became poor. Look in mercy on the needy, suffering with him. Lord, have mercy. Christ, Christ have, have mercy. Father, your Christ is the one in whom faithful servants find their peace. Look in mercy on the de- departed, that they may see your salvation. Lord, have mercy. Christ, Christ have, have mercy. mercy. Father, your Christ is revealed as the one destined to be rejected. Look in mercy on us who now turn towards his passion. Lord, have mercy. Christ, Christ have, have mercy. mercy. Lord God, you kept faith with Simeon and Anna and showed them the infant king. Give us grace to put all our trust in your promises and the patience to wait for their fulfilment. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Lord Jesus Christ, Christ, light of the nations and glory of Israel, make your home among us and present us pure and holy to your heavenly Father. Your God and our God. Amen. If you do have a candle, now would be the time uh, to hold it, and if unlit, to light it, or to ask an adult to light it. One of the reasons that this festival is called Candlemas is that in some churches, uh, people bring their candles to be blessed, both those for use at home and in church. These winter months are cold and dark, especially now the Christmas lights have been put away. One thing we usually do in our benefice is we hand out candles and we encourage everyone to light theirs for a few minutes each day throughout the winter. Perhaps placed in a window to pray and remind themselves that Christ has brought his light into the world and will one day return to dispel all darkness. Please hold your candles as I pray. Lord God, the springing source of everlasting light, pour into the hearts of your faithful people the brilliance of your eternal splendour, that we who by these kindling flames light up our homes to your glory, may have the darkness of our souls dispelled, and so be counted worthy to stand before you in that eternal city where you live and reign, Father, Son and Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Christ, whose glory fills the skies, fill you with radiance, and scatter the darkness from your path. Christ, the Son of righteousness, gladden your eyes and warm your heart. Christ, the dayspring from on high, draw near to guide your feet into the way of peace. And the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost be among you and remain with you always. 
Amen.